Welcome back to Geek Life, the indie comics podcast on Pandamanga.com. I'm your host, JP. As always with me is my fearless co-host, Marcus. That's what she said. <laughs> what was that? Oh, yeah, I, I was gonna somebody say. just get a text. <laughs> there's there's sound effects happening on Marcus's computer. All right, let's let's continue with the introductions. With us again, finally returning through the interwebs is our other co-host Joe. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. So, as you can probably tell, there's a little mic fragmentation in that Joe is Skyping in all the way up from Washington, where it is rainy, the girls are pale, and the food is good. Right, Joe? And coffee. And good coffee. (laughs) Anyway, so we finally got our system set up, which is sort of exciting because this means that we can actually do interviews with people live on the podcast. They don't have to be here for it. So... This is a big, exciting landmark, and uh, today's another big landmark, but we're going to get into that in a second. Let's continue to introduce everybody. So we've got Joe today, Marcus, myself, and then back with us again, the original co-host, The Brian. Hello. And back with us again, we have John Harder of Waterfront Comics and waterfrontcomics.com. Hello, everyone. And Justin Woods from askametalhead.com. Hey. And also BadZeroGames.com. And also BadZeroGames.com, where you can go and check out amazing, amazing, amazing tabletop games, go to game meetup days, get crazy good discounts, and in general, just hook up with a good community of people that love excellent tabletop gaming. Fun stuff. So the day, the day, today, this is the day that we hit number 100. This is episode 100 for the Geek Life Podcast, and that is... I mean, what a landmark. The big Ocho. It's crazy, right? Uh, Did you say Ocho? Is it Ocho? You said, said eight? Isn't that <laughs> eight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. So, we, so we've, got, we've got Brian here. And we, went, we went out of our way. We rescheduled. We postponed to make sure that we could have the Brian with us, who was there with me on the first episode recorded on my iPhone, sitting the in my room. Demo. The tech demo that was episode one. The tech one. demo that was episode one. That was insane. How and many generations of iPhones ago was that? That was like three generations three, ago. Easy. Yeah. I mean, it was a long time ago. And then well, we enjoyed it so much that I immediately raced out and got the mic that we're using to Skype with Joe. Hello. <laughs> and then finally, Joe came on for episode two. And that's when we really, I think, hit our stride and started to have I, some fun, which is why I always say, oh, if you're going to start listening from the beginning, start at episode two. <laughs> Hey, you guys were really adorable on the first episode. We were. Oh, well, Brian yeah. and I are always adorable. That's just how we roll. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So lots of memories, lots of good times. Um, Joe, what, uh, what do you have a favorite favorite memory of, you know, the years of, of podcasting we've done? Oh, one of my absolute favorites. I'm not sure how many people we fit into the room after the um, Pacific Rim showing oh yeah the pacific room review oh, oh yeah weren't there like at least eight of us up there oh absolutely yeah and that was insane one doesn't know that the studio is not fit for eight big men the studio is barely fit for five like yeah. it's really tight it was a kill boss fest it was insane we had so many people up here was that the one that i fell asleep in yeah that's the one you fell asleep in and that jp forgot to record Forward. That one was done. At, no, that was at my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah that uh, was at. Yeah. No, you forgot to hit record on that was on that the one. That you, yeah, yeah, yeah but, the, but the Pacific Rim one that was still at my house before we had the the studio. I think. I think, I think the one where we were all up here. Yeah, the one the one we were all up here for was when we saw the Wolverine. Oh, okay, that could be. Was it? Yes. Yeah. See, it's been gone. It's been going on so long, we can't remember anything. They're all starting to bleed together. You fell asleep on a podcast. It was like three in the morning, dude. It was well. We okay. So for a while, we were doing a lot more, and this is something I wanted to address. Those of you that are recent listeners don't know that we used to cover four subjects: comics, movies, games, and zombie survival. And we would have guests for each episode. And originally, Joe was our comic book guest, and he started to stay on for more and more things. Joe. So Brian and I were the co-hosts originally. It was Brian and John, the dream team. And then Joe came on to do the comic book one specifically back when I wasn't even really reading comics. And then I infected you. Then you infected me with the disease. And now it's just because comics are just for kids. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's insane. I mean, that was a lifetime ago, really. And who was your special guest for games? 
For games, we would have Joy, who is a uh, game art and design teacher at the Art Institute in Sacramento. And then for zombies, we had Justin, who ran at the time a zombie survival blog. The other Justin. The other Justin. The other Justin. The the eighth Henry is who we called him. That was his little name. And then that's another memory. Brian had been listening to, what was it, Orange Lounge Radio? There was actually quite a few at that point that I was listening to where people either use stage names or they just use like crazy ass names in general. And Brian's like, we need to have names. Like, that's how it's done. Because I didn't know anything about podcasts. When we first started doing the podcast, we were only a comic book website. And we were like, hey, we want to have more traffic. People do podcasts. That's a thing, right? Let's do that. And so we did one, liked it so much, went out and bought a microphone and just hit the ground running. But I didn't have any idea. And so I was leaning on Brian. Brian was the guy that was listening to podcasts forever and ever. He still listens to talk radio. He's a he's a you know, talk radio guy. So he comes in, he's like, well, okay, one of the first things you got to do is you got to figure out, you know, what your name is going to be on the podcast. Everybody has sort of like a DJ name, a pen name, you know, bullshit. (laughs) That's not true at all. (laughs) But because we started with it and went for so long with it, that's why I have a pen name, JP, even though my name's John (laughs) and Brian's the Brian instead of just Brian. Which was something that that you wanted me to go by, if I remember right. It is. Well, we were talking about which what our names would be. Anyway, it was just so funny because we came in expecting that that's the the way it's supposed to be. And then I went crazy and started researching podcasts. And, like, not a lot of people do that. And so we were, you know, the proud, the few, the weird, (laughs) doing our own thing. And we got a couple other people that were guests that would come on for movies and stuff. We had someone who would come on for movies and she had just graduated film school. And... Uh, yeah, she, two different people that did that. Right? Yeah, yeah, dude, that was so much fun. So we used to do all that kind of stuff, but we watched the metrics over the years and realized that people were more interested and more responsive to the episodes where we talked about comic books and specifically independent comic books, and then also the creative process behind creating comic books, and that's really what the audience seemed to want. And so we cut out the other subjects, but we used to rotate. We would do four episodes a month. And the weekly, just like we try and do now, not always, but try and do. And we would like this episode and the previous episode. (laughs) And then we (laughs) shut up. And then uh, (laughs) and what we would do is we would rotate subjects. And so we'd hit each subject each month. And that was that was our original plan. So anyway, so Joe's favorite, we'd sort of hijack Joe's favorite moment. So Joe's favorite moment was when when eight hot, sweaty men post midnight show were squeezed in the tiny little box foam box that is our our studio. Oh, yeah. Not to mention the two ghosts that are here with us as well. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, there's that. Now, that's a good mo. So, John, tell us about the ghosts that live in the comic book shop. Oh, God. <laughs> Apparently, there's three. <laughs> three. Three now? I thought there were two. No, two up here and then one downstairs. Oh, there's two upstairs. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. That's yeah, what... Well, you run in a motel, man? <laughs> well, apparently, this the the studio was a, uh, was a brothel at one point of this building's existence. <laughs> that's why I, I get I that vibe. Hearing... Ball slapping yeah. ghost sex. No wonder we all come there so often. Aww. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to the show, Joe. <laughs> Tip your waitresses. I'll be oh, here all Good Lord. Good Lord. All right. So going around the circle, Brian, what is one of your favorite moments from the years of podcasting? Oh, geez. Should we come back to you? I was going to say when. Either the episode where I was first sick and couldn't make it, and so I had a oh bunch of pre-recorded uh, voices. Do you, I have no idea which episode that is, but I will, as I'm editing this, I'll write, I'll make a note, and it'll be in the show notes at, cop, at podcast.pandamanga.com. There was an episode where Brian was ill, and he knew he wasn't going to be, like, you know, not there or maybe out of town or something. Yeah, it was and one so, or the other. We, and were, he, we were planning this for a while. Yeah, you planned it ahead of time, right? And so you came over, and we sat down with the mic and everything. No, and I recorded re- that at my house. Oh, you did record at your yeah. house? Okay, okay. So, and you recorded pre-recorded responses that were episode-specific to what we were going to be talking about. They were not episodes. They were. There was, there was one thing. One that, that was. was a, there was a rant yeah. about the subject. And then the rest yeah. of it was, I agree with what that person just said, or that person's full of it. I disagree completely. Yes. <laughs> and then I was basically in control of Brian the entire episode, and I had them loaded up in a soundboard on my phone. <laughs> and I would yeah, just Otto hold it up to Brian. the microphone. Otto Brian was pretty badass. Oh, my yes. God. Robo Brian was amazing. Oh, Robo Justin. Yeah, I think we it was the totally episode where we gave the Back to the Future uh, 
franchise, the Lucas treatment. Right. We had some fun. If you guys, if you guys have come to just enjoy our company, go back and listen to the old episodes. Even if you're we not, even if you're really just a comics guy, because we did some crazy shit it, back expound then. Expound on the Back to the Future getting the Lucas yeah. treatment. Okay, so we were looking for a sci-fi trilogy where the idea was have the director go back and just muck things up by constantly re-edit stuff into it. That would just make it terrible. We basically, it came, we the idea came up with when we were talking about how George Lucas is constantly changing things. And I think this was right after we had done our article on the Star Wars machete order that was recommended by a guy from nomachetejuggling.com where it goes episode four, five, then two, three, then six. And it's like a new method of watching them that skips one entirely and is a really good way to watch them. I highly recommend it. You can go to the website and uh, and, and do a search for it. And I believe in the blog section uh, for just machete or machete order new or section. Star Wars. Yeah, the news section. And uh, you should be able to find that whole article. And what we did is basically over the course of a week, we, we would do the episodes. And then whenever there was a transition that wasn't the normal pacing, so, you know, we recorded something when we started and then we recorded something when we jumped from five back down to two and then on and so on anyway and so we've been talking about man these movies have so much changes over the years and we looked up this list of this just obscene amount of changes that lucas had done even things he changed from the theatrical release to like the original release oh, like insanity that list it episode in, 27 yeah <laughs> brian's on it in a and, row and it was insane. It was totally insane. And so what we were thinking is how interesting would it be to be like, what would happen if a if you know another famous trilogy franchise got the Lucas treatment? And so it was kind of like, what would Lucas do? <laughs> and so we went around with a couple different movies and like, what would Lucas do to like completely just ruin this and just destroy childhood? Which is sort of what I he's become he known made for. DeLorean a Prius. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a good one. Oh man, so many good memories from yeah. so long. I mean, the other I kind of miss those other subjects. Sometimes yeah, the DeLorean would be a Model S. And if Elon Musk that. wants to give us free Teslas, <laughs> <laughs> Justin is still. <laughs> John still wants the. Uh, still wants the Teslas. I finally saw one in the wild the other day when I was driving to Vacaville. Really? Never seen yeah. one. I had never seen one in the wild. No. No. Oh. You know oh, us living. An hour out of the bay kind of puts the hundred thousand dollar cars at a at a rarity. <laughs> true. I suppose. I was gonna say I've seen a couple of them in Napa, just at the movie theater. But that's Napa. That's, but that's yeah. Napa. And exactly. what a, what a difference twenty miles makes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Napa definitely has very different income levels for sure. So who who else? We've got uh, Justin, Marcus, and John haven't gone yet. What would you guys say is one of your favorite? Moments. Well, I was first introduced to the podcast by the Brian, by shamelessly promoting us, shamelessly, shamelessly promoting it. Promoting. When I was over at a a mutual friend's house and we were watching a WrestleMania of some sort, and Brian's like, "Hey guys, you should check out PandaManga.com. That's right. I think that like my reasons for going to that were like that the shameless promotion of it was either number two or number three on the list <laughs> i think wrestling was down to like 12 or 13 uh, my yeah. my number one reason is our mutual friend is a a big fan of the wrestler Shawn michaels very <laughs> very very much creepily so oh my god and whenever he comes out he gets very excited, so we like to go over there just to see how excited that he can get and talk about what a sexy man he is in front of his wife. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the so Brian tells stuff. me about this podcast, and a day or so later, I go and check it out on iTunes, and it's five hours long. <laughs> you just happened to get the episode that was like a million hours. And I'm like, who... When they expect to sit around for five hours and listen to them be drunk and talk about video games. <laughs> <laughs> so the one you came in on was our drunken video game podcast that we did live. And we recorded it like sitting around the table playing drinking games for, what was it? Uh, the St. Patty's Day. St. Patrick's Day, yeah. <laughs> so it was years later until I checked it out again. 
yeah, so <laughs> don't start there. Oh, There's oh. definitely episodes in podcasts where it's like, don't start there. Don't start there. <laughs> well, I think when you realize that some of your best customers were these idiots on that podcast. You're like, oh. I just didn't have five hours in a day to devote to it, though. <laughs> We oh, both man. know that's not true, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> am, I, am I getting flipped off? No, no, no. There was just a sad, slow sort of nod of the head. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Especially on Mondays. Oh, I don't like Mondays. <laughs> so, so Marcus, what's uh, what's one of your favorite memories of the Geek Life podcast? Well, the Mallow Man podcast was pretty amazing. It was pretty good. So, yeah, we actually covered your po- our podcast. We covered your comic before we even really met, really. Like, we met for a minute, recorded a little thing, talked. Oh, did we even record something? Did we, we did. even record it? Okay, we did record it. Okay. Yeah. On the side of the comic shop on, on Free Comic Book Day. Yes, that's right. We did a live episode out there. and You I... thought I was a black man. Okay, so you're sitting next to Neil, <laughs> and Neil's looks so like official and and you know professional. And then there's you. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, what are you going with like? You look like a sack of shit. No way this guy made a comic book. <laughs> anyway, come up. There's a black guy next to him. Like he obviously did. Let's give a credit to the black guy. <laughs> I totally did. I walked straight up to Neil that was just hanging out at Marcus's table and was like, shook his hand and be like, so tell me about your comic. He's like, it's not my comic. <laughs> it's this guy's comic. I look over. I'm like, oh, this guy. Well, I'm here. I might as well talk to him. I've always wondered where the whole black Marcus thing came from. Now I know. No, that wasn't it. No, that wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then let's delete that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So then then it was actually that same day was the first day that I met Justin Woods. That's right. So he was there on Free Comic Book Day years ago with He just his came kids. up to our table and started chatting at us. Absolutely. Well, he was a fellow podcaster. I was. Yeah. Am. Is. Kind of. Oh, it never goes away. It's right. part of who you are. <laughs> it's like metal. Now, <laughs> fun now, fact is that the mutual friend that... Uh, John and I were talking about that we went to to see wrestling. He's on that episode. He is. Episode. He totally yeah. is on that episode. Such a small world. Small town. The yeah. My favorite episode? memory is the when I <clears throat> called John's Waterfront Comics for the first time ever. And I went, hey, man, I don't like buying comic books. Where can I download comics? You seem like a nice guy. Why don't you tell me? And Johnny goes, well, you know, there's Comixology and there's a couple apps. And I go, well, I've been torrenting comics because I want to. But now I'm really starting to love the art form and I want to get them. But I got kids and cats and dogs and too much crap in my house. And I don't buy them. You know, I'm sorry, but I just I don't. It's not that I don't have a disrespect for the medium, but I just don't have the space and storage and yada, yada, yada. And I'm just an asshole. That's right. And Johnny and I became like such good friends. So that's the first time you talked to John? Yeah, I called him to ask him where I could download comics. That's amazing. <laughs> and he probably got off the phone and was, was like, like No, Jimmy happened to be there when I, and I hung up the phone. I'm like, you're not going to believe what this motherfucker just asked me. Because <laughs> uh, she always says, you're so mean to people. And she's like, well, you were very nice to him on the phone. I so I just say. got lucky that day. Huh? <laughs> you probably posted about it on Facebook and complained. Whatever. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Really? I yeah. wish you would have because I'd been like, it was me. <laughs> but I've come in and spent a ton of money here. So, oh, yeah. Anyway, um, you know, buying comics for my kids and, and all of that. And we've become great friends. And I can't imagine a life without oh, Johnny and the comic book store and all you guys. Oh. So I walk up on free comic book day to this. Motley crew of podcasters out in the out in the middle of the hot 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 sun. I'm like these guys are fucking oh, these guys are fucking nuts. But okay, <laughs> and I was like nervous, right? You, I know you don't imagine in me as being a shy person, but I can be a little bit shy once in a while, especially if I'm like, hey guys, my name's Dustin, I do podcast too. You know, I can be very so. <laughs> um, go ahead, you know, I, I do podcasts too. Maybe we should like one of these days we got come on and be a guest or whatever, you know. Because uh, and, J- and JP was like, sure, man, just send us an email on the website, which I think is probably kind of a, I think you do that as a uh, 
as a uh, you know, screening as a boundary like you know what i mean like if he actually sends the email right yeah i gave so, you the card yeah i wasn't yeah. i wasn't about to give somebody i just met my phone number yeah especially <laughs> somebody who's probably like mean looking um i mean no, like, yeah you're so mean looking with your two kids coming six up foot four and his metal metal stuff I'm only six two but you know i look six four it's because of the hair yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I love how I love how in our our D and D game you're like my character has long luxurious hair <laughs> flows in the wind as I murder zombies. That's right. <laughs> Let me wipe my hair out of my face. Sorry, guys, couldn't see that for a second. It's so amazing. Right, Marcus? Exactly. Right, you're on your way. Oh, Anyhow, man. so. JP calls me or we email and vice versa. And actually, it took about a week and a half. And I thought you just kind of blew me off. And I was like, ah, whatever. And then you emailed me. And I was like so stoked. I was like, oh, my God, I'm actually going to be able to on this. And it's, you know, you were like, we're going to do a metal episode. So I gather up, you know, I do a bunch of like studying and figure out like the best way to approach it. Because I didn't want to be like stereotypical kind of caricature of a metalhead, you know, because I'm not. Show good, up at your episode. house. Have a big delicious fucking Mexican dinner right beforehand, get there. And I get through the first half of what turns out to be like a pretty long podcast. And we're yeah, talking we about ended up movies. being, you know, a, a doubler. We, we was back in the day when we record a long episode, we'd cut it in half. Yeah. And I remember just, you know, everybody's there meeting everybody and sitting on your couch and we take a break. And then all of a sudden the world just got bad. It just got really bad and i'm like can i go use your bathroom which was code for i'm gonna go destroy the living hell out of your toilet and i don't know what's wrong with me because i was fine five minutes ago and i'm sitting there recording and all of a sudden it's just like i'm hot i'm cold i'm sweaty i'm weird my stomach hurts i'm gonna fart is that really a fart i don't know am i gonna gamble and lose right in front of never trust a fart. oh my god what do never i never trust a fart so we get about halfway through right and we and we're fine. Like I think I make it to the end, but I wanted to stay longer and hang out yeah. and play games and stuff like that. But I like bail. Like I make it home, and it's I just it's the worst food poisoning I've ever had. I had not thrown up. I I like thought about it. Like it had been twenty years, twenty years since I had fucking thrown up. I remember really? the exact moment. I was nineteen. I was nineteen years old. I got heat stroke from playing a, a show out in the sun. It was like one hundred and ten degrees in Auburn, and we were playing under this like tented stage and we played for a half an hour like super fast thrash metal and then i like went out and hung out with a bunch of my friends and stuff and then that night i got really sick so i wasn't feeling good the next morning dude, i just puke like roast puke sandwich all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> you know and so it had been that long so it had been that long and so like literally i'm at home and it's just armageddon it's just coming out of everywhere and i haven't thrown up in so long my body doesn't know how to do it <laughs> so i scared the living shit out of my wife like she looks at me i'm like on the side of the bed just like you're like my body just doesn't know how to do it right so I'm making all this it's like when you have to crap and you're like making all this it's like all this effort and you're like hanging on to the side of the toilets and you know you're like and then just like a little bloop that's what you get like the little bloop Right, and you're that was how I was thing. vomiting. Like yeah, there's so still weird. a stain on the rug from whatever I threw up. <laughs> oh, wonderful! So I fucking go through hell, and the whole time I'm thinking, "Oh my god, they must have thought I was a fucking nutcase," because I'm like turning blue, turning green, and is on his like on his couch. I'm like, I don't feel so good. So that was one of my favorite memories. Because of all the weirdness that like showing up at your house and getting sick, who does that? Like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, I felt bad. I'm like, they're never going to let me back in the house again because I fucking did some work in your bathroom. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and there's no way of getting around that. It's like I can't go outside and just, you know, I would have killed the grass. So, <laughs> and we've, I've had a lot of fond memories between then and now. Like, just some of the, the great, you know, the fucking me and me and uh, me and Pedro. Pedro that was Pedro. another Pedro and me. That was another phenomenal. Like, oh, I had such a good time great, talking about yeah. that. And, oh, yeah. and uh, that was a great Before, episode. Saga. Up there, yeah. Ah, yeah, man. That book definitely made me cry. <laughs> and so, you know. Some heavy stuff, man. So, yeah. We've had some good times. And it feels it feels almost like um, we were doing recording uh, Geek Life for a little while, and you were a regular on there. Yeah, I started for a couple of episodes. And then pretty soon you're like, I'm going to do my own podcast back again. And then, and then like, you went full steam into that. And it's kind of, it feels like, I always, I always kind of felt kind of like, you know, I wonder if doing the podcast with us reinvigorated your it interest did. in podcasting it did. and yeah. then jumped you back into doing your own podcast and I always felt really great about being having any hand and oh, yeah. getting someone back into something they love that's well, exciting it, it, I think to a certain degree it was like 
oh, okay, yeah, this definitely, you know, having other people to talk about it with, you know, helped because I'm doing it with my kids. And then sure. I, kids. it means I do everything. I decide, I decide what we're going to talk about. I get everything ready. I do all the studying. I it's do a the, lot the of recording, work. editing, uploading. I built the website. All of, It's everything. I do all of it myself. And I don't get any help from them. They don't really show any interest in it. And then what happened was, and the podcast was going good. It was just me and my kids, right? Perfect. No problem. Then I had a friend come on. And my buddy Darren, who I used to be in a band with back in Sacramento, actually back in like I was talking about, he's a, a singer from from my old band, and that was one of the best episodes I had ever enjoyed doing right. because I had another adult at the same level as me to talk to. Not that I don't like talking to my kids, don't get me wrong, but just having that old school, new school, and we all talked about stuff that was relevant to all of us. Then I'm like, I have to have another adult on the on the show to balance the kids just wanting to talk about, you know, the stuff that they're really passionate about. And I want to be able to sort of have some education in there and have some wisdom and some some depth. Right. You know, I, I don't want to be, you know, a mile long and an inch tall. I want to have some depth. I want to be, you know, much, much deeper than that. That's right. And so that's what happened was, you know, I would get somebody on, we would talk and we would do well. And then like they would be, oh, I can't do it anymore. And so it sort of just became, it just got more and more difficult to try to find somebody that, you know, that I want to talk to. And then my gear got put away. And so for me right now, it's, we are coming back. We are going to do something. Um, I'm just looking for the right, I need, you know, just the right push. Well, you know, and, and I'll take this moment to really share thanks and praise the hosts sitting here with us and then virtually sitting with us oh, Joe. that have that have really put in a huge amount of their own time and energy into the podcast over the years and have really gone out of their way to help to be there to reschedule to schedule their own schedule around this that doesn't make them any money and it's just a chance to hang out with some friends and sometimes feels more like work than play and you guys have really stuck with me you know brian's been there with me from the beginning joe was with me since episode two Marcus, as soon as he jumped on, has been an unbelievably dependable, hardworking, awesome co-host. Like, thank you, guys. You really you make the podcast. You know, having Justin here, having John here, you know, every time that you guys come on, you make time in your schedule to come and do something like that. It really makes a difference. So thank you. Well, maybe it's because I just didn't realize that I was coming on to be a guest. I thought I was a host. <laughs> that might help, I suppose. So it's it's so beneficial for me, you know, because I make the comic to be able to read so many comics on a regular basis, and mm. this podcast really makes me do that. You know, I have to keep up on what's coming out. I have to keep up what's on the indie scene, particularly, which is you know the realm that I play in. And so it's nice that uh, I get to experience more titles than I would have ever experienced otherwise, just because. You can go to a con and you control the the artist alley and maybe pick up a book, but being on this, I'm picking, I'm reading a new indie book every single week. Yeah, it's changed the way I read comics. I mean, a, it's gotten me reading comics in the first place, but then beyond that, you know, I was not appreciating them or understanding them or being able to pull them apart, and it's created a, a an interest and a, a desire to really get it. And understand the mechanics and behind the scenes stuff and be able to really have an opinion on it that is informed, not just I liked it, I didn't like it, you know, yeah. and and it's it's been really a great journey. And I find myself now reading a comic and being like, no, I wouldn't have done that. Well, that was a mistake. Oh, that was really good. Oh, I'm going to. Oh, that was awesome. You know, like I, I really it's not just like, oh, I'm reading a comic and it's just a story now. All of a sudden, there's so much more going on there. Even professional yeah. comics, not just. Indie oh, absolutely. Stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one thing yes. while we're uh, passing hand jobs around the table. How did gotta, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the, say, the video's not on, he, Joe. How did you, you know, man? <laughs> this podcast does not exist without what you without, without you without more. You deserve I mean, accolades too. For anyone who doesn't know, JP sets up the recordings, makes sure everybody has the material, records it, edits it shelled out for all the equipment most of the equipment most of the equipment brian helped <laughs> big time oh yeah but seriously man this, this is your baby and it's definitely it his is baby. only with you that it has made 100 episodes yeah there are some yeah. days i didn't think it was going to make it I man agree. but i there's just something in me that didn't want to let go uh, it's just like no no matter what we're just going to keep going and if we're going to miss an episode or two it's a break it's not a stopping point and we kept going and because of it because of the podcast, I've become friends with the people sitting in this room, save Brian, who I already knew forever and ever. 
Yes. You know, because of the podcast, I became really good friends with you, Joe. I mean, you and I knew each other for a long time and we had shared friends that were really close, but the two of us were never more than just, you know, sort of passing friends, but we're not really tight like we are now. And I I attribute that to our time working on the podcast together. Yeah. I think I had met Joe maybe once or twice prior to us working on the podcast together. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. I received a text message last weekend from JP uh, with what he wanted to do with me on Sunday. And it was a picture of two guys wearing horse uh, helmets in the shower, rubbing each other's back. And you only get that kind of friendship through a podcast. So I forget who. Oh, okay. It was uh, my, it's my friend, my, my Jealous. F- a friend, an, another friend named John. Uh, he posted something. He was the best man at my friend Mike's wedding. And I was looking on his timeline on Facebook for some pictures from the wedding. And I saw something that John posted on Mike's wall that was so perfect. And it was it was this hilarious photo of these two guys like leaping through the air with like a rainbow behind them. And it said, true friends make other people question your sexuality. (laughs) And it's like, yep, (laughs) yep, yep, yep. (laughs) All right. Well, we've we've uh, talked a while about the experience and the the history that is the geek life podcast so why don't we go ahead and take a quick musical break when we get back we're going to get into the comic of the day which is the fuse you're listening to geek life stick with us Welcome back to Geek Life, episode 100. Today we are talking about The Fuse by Anthony Johnston and Justin Greenwood. Colors by... Now, Mar- Marcus saw this exciting thing. Colors by Shari, right? Exactly. Shari, so who did another rel- on one of your comics. This is another relative of Mel, man. Yep. Oh, hi. It's pretty exciting. I did not know that. I know. Man, she's killing it. She's getting out there and really getting involved in, in the, the pro-comic scene. Well, I guess create her own pro-comic scene. Anyway, so the fuse, the fuse, the fuse is the subject of the day. The mm-hmm. fuse, written by Anthony Johnston, illustrated by Justin Greenwood, colors by Shari. Can you can you know? Do you how do you, how do you say her last I name? I just say Shari Hess because that's when I'm going. Well, when I worked with her, she had two names. Um, I saw her emails were always tagged with the name that are on the, that are on the books. The but then, like for some reason, she would prefer Shari Hess, and hmm. so on the Malaman uh, issue three, she's credited as Shari as Shari Hess. Interesting. Interesting. Which, if you want to see that, is on IndiePlanet.com. So Joe was one of the first people to jump at talking about this comic book. So Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Fuse? So I grabbed The Fuse because I'm a big fan of Anthony Johnston. I read his series, um, that was a Wasteland. Wasteland from Oni? Yeah, from Oni. I've read through most of that series. I was a huge fan. He worked with... um, Rucka on Queen and Country, too. He's the only writer besides Rucka to ever have written any Queen and Country. Yeah. And uh, another book that I try and shove down everybody's throat. Oh, yeah. It's tough because it's a really thick book, and it just doesn't fit in most people. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, it is an omnibus, yes. It's true. It's yeah. true. So yeah. what, what drew you? So aside from the 
the writer was that the main reason why you were drawn to the fuse that was the only reason i picked up issue one did you, because i was going to read one of his books no matter what it was did you read the other oni book resurrection did i ever recommend that to you you did i read the first trade of that because that's where i was familiar with justin greenwood's work from and ah. i was a big fan of that book yeah, and you can tell that the art is very, very similar between the two. Yeah. So what is what is the fuse? What does that mean? What is it about, the, Joe? Tell us about the right. story. The fuse is a space station orbiting Earth that looks like a giant electrical fuse. And it has two giant disks on the top, right, that are uh, solar, solar panels, panels of some kind, right? It's like yeah. somebody smacked the crap out of Mickey Mouse is what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and is it is it a nice place? It is not necessarily a nice place. Yeah. It has its its own community. It is a completely separate state from what the Earth has become. Which and is interesting since it's a privately owned power uh, supply station thingamajig. True. Yeah. There's a lot of backstory into what the the fuse actually is. Which they do not get into in the first couple issues, really. Not so much, because no. the actual story is a procedural crime drama much akin to csi or ncis or that's yeah, really just transposed up into i was gonna space. say the wire it reminded me a lot of the wire really yes. much closer to the wire or the killing or a really crappy you know. version of lethal weapon in space <laughs> i yeah, get a feel <laughs> justin is the battle axe this episode yeah. <laughs> i'm over i'm maybe i'm over exaggerating but i was disappointed did did you have Zachary look at this at all? Yeah, he didn't like it either, actually. Because the other yeah. night when he was in here, he was looking for... He wanted a mystery, and I thought that might have been up his... It wasn't mystery enough, dude. It was... It just it just missed for me. It's very cop procedural. And that was on purpose. In the back of issue one, in the back matter, Anthony Johnston is talking about how much he enjoyed the cop dramas, you know, growing up and just over the years, and has always liked that procedural cop drama and thought it would be really amazing to do something like that in space. And that's exactly what it is. It's a procedural cop drama. And so the good news and the bad news is, is that it's, it's familiar. And so if you like procedural cop dramas, which shit tons of people do, because look how many of them there are and how successful and long run they've been, yeah. you know, that's, that's good news for a lot of people. But if you don't like that stuff, this isn't going to be for you. You know, just right out of the gate. So if, you, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't care for any of that stuff, then don't read the comic. That's not for you at all. But for procedural cop drama, it does a decent job, I think. I mean, it's... It really does. It I, I, a good mystery. Go ahead, has believable characters. I think Chew is way better for procedural You think Chew cop. is better always. No, it's not than true. Than everything. It's not true. <laughs> I, I like the proceduralness of it. The mm -hmm. only thing I wish was that... And they mentioned in the back of one of the, one of the books in the letter column that it was a little bit more futuristic. It felt like yeah. I could walk out the door and, and basically see this. You know, the, I wish they'd played up the setting of the spaceship a little bit more. Maybe it was like more in the future with different like clothing styles and such. Yeah, Hoverboards, you know, whatever. Even yeah. the technology was very recognizable. Yeah, I actually like that personally. I uh, thought that was very uh, like uh, relatable. Yes. Image has recently come out with a book called Copperhead which is similar along those lines of uh, procedural out in space. And I enjoyed that a little bit. I want to say a little bit better, but it, it's more like the new alien races and different alien races and way more. Out so more there. sort of far future, more, than, more sci-fi short term future. Whereas this one didn't really have a lot of sci-fi to it other than the setting. It could have just, you know, been a procedural yeah, well, you know, and, and the, the disgusting Meryl Streep detective who seems like she's part Skeletor, part Gauntly Man. Exactly. Thank you. It wasn't that I had a problem with what she looked like, but they never explained why people up there. So I think you have to make some and draw some of the conclusions yourself. And maybe I maybe I had issues with that. But why are people so pale? Right. Well, well obviously, because they live in space. And there's they don't no get sun, any sun. Yada, yada. Yeah. But if it's if it's if they had the technology, oh my god, why am I even saying? If they had the technology to put a, this giant space station in, in space, you would think that they would probably have some way of getting vitamin D to us. Exactly. It looked like it looked like skinny Solomon Grundy to me. She. Oh my god, she totally wow. does. Yes, <laughs> that's but the exactly same way. There weren't a lot of other people that. If if it had been like 
a lot more people on the space station were that white and drawn out. There were a couple here and there, yeah, but, but, but it wasn't. It was like, just. It was, it was just mostly climbing. just her. Yeah. So right. if yeah. you look around in the background, there are a lot of characters that have this a uh, very similar shade to yeah. Clem. The I story didn't... follows Ralph Dietrich, who was a new cop from Germany, who had actually volunteered to go up to the fuse and be a cop up there. And no one volunteers. To and go no, to no one volunteers to go to the fuse. So you get the you get the distinct feeling that. At least for being a police officer, it's not an awesome place to be. So he gets set up with his new partner, Clem Rishtovic. And Clem, or which is short for Clementina, she uh, she's like this old hat, really kind of gnarly. Been up there forever. For basic, yeah. ever, I mean, like what, almost 30 years she's been well, know, basically, a cop over there. Since the, since the station was being built. Right. Yeah. And so she's kind of seen it all, done it all, knows everything about the place. And so it's very much that new cop joining the force, getting paired up with sort of an old rusty cop who's jaded and kind of... Say what? (laughs) Who's too old for this shit? Yeah, too old for this shit. I I never felt like that she was going all Murtaugh on us. No, 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 not really. Murtaugh. She's James Caan in Alien Nation. That's who she is. That would work. That would work. Nice ref. What? I'm impressed by you pulling out that ref. Mm. I was really hoping you were going to be impressed with Skeletor Glenn Close. <laughs> Guess not. <laughs> I don't hey, know, man. Said Meryl Street. Street. Meryl, Meryl Street. Street. That's right. The, oh. the skinny, the skinny Solomon Grundy was perfection. That one was awesome. Yeah. Mm. So for me, I don't like crime procedurals. I don't watch CSI or, or any of those shows because they're boring and, and formulaic and the same thing every single time. And this really was boring for me. Like, it's not one of the comics that I was like, oh, we have to review this. It was kind of like. And now we're going to review this. And I was just finished <laughs> reading the second and third issue downstairs below the recording studio before I came up. And it was like I was pushing to get through mm. because it's so dry and so lacking in action. And when you finally get to a point where it's like, OK, we know who done it. You know, the Scooby-Doo, the Scooby-Doo gang are going to go get them. Then it ends anticlimactically um, with the conclusion of, of how that. But you don't know who done it till the end of issue five. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm only at issue three, and I already I don't care who done it to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That was a that uh, was a false thing. that was a false thing in issue three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, whatever the false thing was, it just to me that might as well have been the end. I I don't see myself reading Fuse any further because if I pick up a piece of fiction, I want it to be. I want it to like. You want it to grab you and grab hook me you. exactly. There's no hook. The hook. Is it the end of the fifth, sixth episode? The very last page yeah. of the fifth or whatever. Is it six? Six. Issue six. That's where the, the final page is? of the trade. Yeah. There's that, like that was kind of like, oh, you what is fucking it? bastards. I think there's what is it like uh spoilers, because I'm sure Justin's gonna say something. <laughs> there's are twenty six pages per 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 like twenty four, twenty six, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you cut these down to twelve pages, it would have been much more readable. Or I mean, there's just so much in there that was I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't want to tear this guy's stuff apart because I can't write this. I'm not. A, I can't imagine this. There are things that I really liked about that I thought were really cool, but there were just things that really aggravated me. Like I thought it was super smart for them to be like, he's got a real gun, right? Like you can't have a real gun in space on a space station. You'll shoot a and, hole. You'll and shoot everybody your eye was out. freaking out every time he pulls the gun out. They're like, is yeah. that a real gun? Are you kidding? But they don't explain what it is about their other guns, the breakers or boomers bouncers. or bouncers. Yeah, the bouncers I can't that, even remember. that apparently. They're not going to destroy the pressurized situation that they have yeah. up there. They can kill they, you, but they, they can't. They don't have as much force as the way that I saw it. My, my thinking around. is that they were plastic. You know, something about them was air generated. It was enough to like, boop, you know, pew, pew. But another, well, you know, there's a, there's a point where somebody killer, actually kills gun. themselves, supposedly, with with one of these bouncers. And right. It was the it was the bodyguard or the like the mayor's guard. Sure. Right. Oh, and was, I, was I not supposed to say that? Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler. Anyway, there's a point where somebody ends up ends up trying to supposedly kill themselves and Well, because he put it right up against against Exactly. The and they get in there and and the two characters are two main characters, Ralph and Clem. Ralph's like like I didn't think one of those things could kill him, and she's like, "Well, you know, if if you get it close enough, you could probably do enough damage." But you know, there's there's this expectation that these bouncer guns aren't actually going to lay someone out like an actual gun gun would. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the 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 weights between events in the pages took too long to get to. Yeah. There was like three or four pages straight in a row of one conversation <laughs> that the plot was so razor thin that I just didn't care. 
You can almost hear the dung dung between the episodes. Exactly. And coming from the guy that writes a marshmallow, my marshmallow comic book, I try to put something entertaining to grab the reader in every single page. And to read yeah. it in one where they don't make that a priority because, you know, they're doing big story type stuff. It's like, that's fine to have the, the epic scope and to have the, the, the long story type conclusion coming. But you got to keep them interested in the meanwhile. And for me, they didn't do the job. Let me... I dug it. I, I liked it. Let me, you know, you remember when we were reading Midnight Nation, which mm-hmm. is another one of my favorite episodes, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them just walking and talking and mm-hmm. something like that. But why did that not captivate me? Well, because that's philosophical. So the conversations they were having in Midnight Nation were very much philosophical and they brought up heavy, deep questions. And this was just information. The other reason is I was emotionally attached to the characters and mm-hmm. I could give two shits about either of that's, these guys. And that's, you, didn't, you didn't get the emotional attachment. Yeah, to the yeah. that's what it is. I didn't have the emotional attachment to these characters. And I think that's what, you know what? That is the entire reason why I didn't like this is because I just yeah. didn't, I was like, eh, who are these guys? Like she just bitches all the time and her kid hates her or whatever and uh, whatever. And he's... I really don't know who this guy is and they won't tell me why the guns are so special and they won't, you know, so there was parts of it that were just, if it's pulling, like there's parts of it that were annoying that were pulling me out of it. And I think that for me was, I liked the art. I thought the art was great except for the white chick. And, you know, I mean, I thought the art was good and I like some of the story about like, you know, obviously towards the top of the fuse, there's this upper crust, rich people live out there and they have plants. And that was amazing that they had plants in space and, yeah, are these plants there's real? De- there's yeah. definitely like a stratified it was sort of very elysium It was yeah. very Elysium. Thank you. That's I, the word see, I was that's one of the, So when you were saying, you know, they don't really tell you about a lot of things, this one thing that really stood out to me the moment, it's the first note I took reading through the first issue, is they just drop you into this world without any help or preamble, and they just kind of force you to roll with it. Yeah, I actually like that. And well, and and they're using terms you don't recognize in a world that's unfamiliar. And you know, it has shades of the familiar big cities and the cop procedurals and things like that. But okay. it, at first, I found that really jarring because they're they just throw you into the middle of things and they're saying things that you're not recognizing. They're 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 using you know act acronyms for different political movements and they don't explain it until the next issue you know and they do a lot of this just like and now you're in this situation but it's different enough that there's things that you're not understanding but it's similar enough that you get the gist of what's going on and you know i found myself almost frustrated like for example you don't even really find out the main character's name until almost 20 pages in i mean (laughs) it takes a while for you to get just the simple information and yeah. the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I actually kind of like that, that, you know, it, it forces even maybe challenges the reader to pay attention and to not just assume that we're just sitting there, you know, comic in one hand, smartphone in the other, playing some casual game and also <laughs> reading. You know, it's like it, it requires all of our attention. And I, I, I appreciate to that. that to a degree. I was going to say, I got really far in Angry Birds with this comic, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I mean, I think that's kind of cool because it's a different spin on the cop procedural because cop procedurals are very sort of watch in the background, not take up all of your attention. They, I mean, if you watch a cop procedural, it's like everybody repeats everything everybody else says. It's super duper clear. It's like it's like for the lowest common denominator, you know, whereas with this, it's a similar sort of story, a similar sort of thing unraveling the mystery unraveling step by step, follow the clues. But they don't just lay it all out for you and take you by the hand and slowly, carefully show you all the information and make sure you don't miss anything. It really requires and challenges the reader to be like paying the hell attention. And at first I found that a little bit obnoxious, but the deeper I read, the more I liked how bold that was. And if I was willing to just submit to that and be like, all right, I'm in. I'm really paying attention. It worked good. But again, like I said in the very beginning of the podcast, this is a cop procedural. And if you don't like that kind of stuff, it's not for you at all. But I don't not like that kind of stuff. I just don't think it was handled skillfully. Maybe that's the problem See, I have. Again, I, I don't kinda, care I don't about like the characters. I, Marcus know. is like, this is bullshit. <laughs> my, my only recommendation. My re- my recommendation, though, <laughs> is it works a lot better if you read it as a trade when you read all six in one sitting. Yeah. Because if you went a month or two between each 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 issue, you would have long forgotten. Yeah. Anything that so, but I mean, most most stories like that do work better when you read it all as a trade than yeah. monthly. Now I read it issue to issue, and I had to go back and check things on the first three books the last three came out yeah 
And by the by the sixth book, I I had to reread the entire series again just to make sure that what happened at the end matched what happened at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one one final piece about the story that I wanted to throw in there that I'm going to see if Brian was planning on saying something about this because this feels like a Brian fact. So in the beginning of issue two, there is a character who uh, is talking to his computer and he calls his computer Daisy. <laughs> and Brian's like, I know what you're talking about. Um, and and he mentions that it's a reference to a movie and I wasn't familiar with it off the top of my head. And then I looked into it and he was referencing 2001 space odyssey, which is, which is itself referencing something completely different. Mm -hmm. Are you, do you know what I'm talking about here, Brian? I knew the Daisy reference, but I didn't know that it referenced something else. Right, so, I, go ahead, John. Isn't it the, the song that how the, the computer song that sings. Hal sings. And so yeah, the reason Daisy. Hal sings that, right? So check this out. In 1962, Arthur C. Clarke, who wrote the novel and co-wrote the screenplay for the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey, visited Bell Labs before putting the finishing touches on the work. There he was treated to the performance of a song, Daisy Bell, or A Cycle Built for Two, by the IBM 704 computer. This evidently inspired him to have Hal sing the song as an homage to the programmers of the 701 at Bell Labs in the end of the movie. It's kind of fun. So I just oh. that was it was like a little rabbit hole that I went down I as remember. I was reading this. I, I caught the 2001 that. reference, but I didn't. Well, know I didn't know anything. I mean, it was it was a 2001 reference because of that. But evidently, that reason that that was in the movie yeah. in the first place was didn't that, Meryl so. Streep at one point in later in the comic actually say that she also referenced something from an old movie? Yeah, yeah, she was um, calling him Marlene. Marlene, which which oh, Marlene yeah. Dietrich is a, is an old uh, German actress. actress. Yeah, yeah. Well, not old, but you know. No, I she's read. A, she's so, like, like one, one of those references is like movies. this really old, clever way back into the 2001 Space Odyssey and the origins of the movie and the story. And the other one is just this old crab just being a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, it. That, that's, that's exactly, exactly what it, it is. Yeah. And you know what? It's one of those things where if you don't know the reference, that's fine. It, it, it's, Again, it's another one of those things where it's like if you don't catch the meaning or the or the deeper information, whether it's something that you'd have to know going into it or whether it's something they just simply haven't revealed to you yet, it it's in an effort, I think, to make the world feel more real and tangible, like there's no way that you're going to know everything and we're not going to go out of our way to break the fourth wall almost and feed it to you as you go. But that can be, I think, a little jarring and frustrating. And it's, yeah. it's a fine line yeah. that they're dancing on there. there. And I think that that... Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Which is kind of what I like about uh, Dietrich as the protagonist is that a lot of times you'll have like this fresh-faced, wide-eyed, yeah. green rookie yeah, who really the, doesn't... The, I'm the new in town. Yeah. Did you yeah. explain exactly. this to me? Yeah, exactly. whereas he's new in town, but it's not like he's just some raw recruit out of the academy. He's been there, done that. It's got a really high closure rate on his cases, and... It's just one of these things where it's like, okay, there's some terminology I just don't get, but it doesn't seem to be that important, so right. I'll right. figure it out eventually. Right. And that's kind of how you have to deal with it yourself is just how Dietrich was dealing with it. So we've talked a little bit about the writing. Why don't we transition over to the art in the last few minutes we've got before we need to wrap up. Anybody uh, have thoughts about the art? Uh, the oh. poses felt very, very odd, especially a lot of the action poses. Yeah, they there felt was, very stiff, and it was like, you need to use some more reference, because that just looks wrong. I've taught you well, Brian. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there was definitely some sort of stiff poses, especially in some of the action scenes. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like the art was strong, but there, there were action scenes, plural? Well, you know, action, you know, moments where they were running or... <laughs> where the characters moved? Yes, Although it didn't feel like it. They kind of look like odd cardboard cutouts. Yeah, it was funny. And maybe um, that contributes to why I feel like there was so little action because of the poses chosen. Yeah. That it feels like it's just a stagnant. We're standing in one place telling the same, saying the same things over and over and over again. Yeah, it's like, I think it's issue two, page 13. You have Clem walking away I think away it's like the... exactly issue two, page 13. Well, no, it's a great example. Fourth is... panel. Second, actually. <laughs> You've got like Clem walking away from the corner and Dietrich, and Dietrich and the corner are doing this crazy ass lean to the left. Oh, yeah, they got Michael that's Jackson. The, that's the Michael yeah. Jackson. Oh, my God. Lean. Thank yeah. you, Joe. I was just thinking they got those Michael Jackson oh. shoes. Yeah. 
dun, dun, doing the full moonwalker, I guess. Yeah, there dun, there are a dun, lot of poses dun, dun, that dun. get goofy, and you know the characters lose a ton of detail as the I guess camera moves farther away from them. Yeah, you know, which is sure. somewhat not uncommon for the noir detective type story, but that's not really what this is. You know, it, those like right stories. There in that scene, get, she should be asking if Annie is okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to as it came to the window. The, but you know, it's it's like it's like those noir comics. They get away with that because there's lots of shadows and just inky darkness and everything. But this one is really well lit. It's bright. They spend almost no time in the sort of under tunnel cabler areas, and it's it's on this about. bright station that you know it feels a little odd for the key the characters and their features to be so simplified the moment you step a few take a few steps back. Like that that for me was really not working. And, you know, I feel like a lot of the time some of the backgrounds were kind of wacky. You know, like early in issue two, Leo and LaToya are, are talking. And there's a scene where Leo's behind the desk and she's chatting with him across the desk. And it's like the desk is like floating in the air and all wacky, crazy, angled, almost like there was some kind of an earthquake happening and his desk got tossed up into the air. It was just it was just wrong. Well, maybe there was gravity issues on the fuse. That could have been. That could have been. On, on who's another, who's yet, the publisher of this? Yet to be explained. Image. image. This is Image. Okay, so when you're working it for Image, I know that Image is, they call themselves the independent one, but I feel like Image is still at a, at a professional enough level that I should expect the artist to be able to make uh, consistent faces for their characters. Yeah. Because Clem... The reason why I was able to tell it was Clem was because she had short white hair and pale skin. But besides that, her face evolved from panel Changed to panel. panel yeah. the, the only difference I could, and this is going to sound racist for a second, but the only reason I could tell the politician from his guard apart was because one had hair and the other one didn't. But besides that, they were just... A, I mean, even their body shape was changing. Because yeah. at first yeah. you think That's the guard is a big too. burly dude. But then you see, and you see the politician sort of slim looking. And then the next panel, the politician's like as wide as a house. Yeah. You know? I it's yeah, it was it was the the art was super inconsistent. Yeah. If you looked at it at a glance, there are moments that are strong, there are moments that look really sharp and clean, but so much of the actual describing the form of the human body falls really flat on its face. I think when I said I like the art, I meant I like the coloring. I thought the coloring Yeah, the coloring's was, great. Know, actually. Really the coloring cool. is very successful. But I didn't I ran into that same problem where so spoiler, I'm not going to say it, but at the end of the at the end of it I didn't know who the bad guy was. I couldn't tell. And I, and I remember even asking you, Johnny or Marcus or somebody, I'm like, was that who Who was the bad guy at the end? And, oh, that was so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, could have fooled me. So that's the only, that's the issue I had with it, I don't know, among other things. I, I didn't have any problem with it. I, there is one thing that you can't always tell sticks anyway. out with Clem is her chin. Her chin's very squared chin off. Is always and, yeah, super pointy, super like, pointy, like like Mr. Moon. Actually, well, all right, one final thing I have written down here in my notes for the art is that the characters, and I think this is sort of interesting, especially for comic books, that none of the characters are sexualized at all, which I thought was great. Yeah, which, which I thought was again, I agree, totally thought was great. That's a pretty weird looking boob right there. <laughs> That did it for Justin. He's Justin's like, like not mm-hmm. sexualized. I disagree. Page 18, <laughs> and this is panel, I would think it would be three. Kind of a weird In which book? Uh, this is in the three. Ah. So, anyway. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like, for me, I liked the writing more than I liked the art. But I felt like the writing was taking some very, maybe overconfident Liberal. liberties with the world and assuming that I'm that it was going to be able to hold my attention. And so I really feel like for me, it comes down to either you're going to like this or you're not. It's not something that you're going to read more of and be like, this is great. Or, you know, I'm not going to convince you to change your mind. This very much has an audience and that audience is going to be into it. Or you're going to come across this and go, no, not for me at all. You just said a truism about anything, which is what you're either either going to like it it or you're not. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, what I mean is that there's not going to be any grayer of like, oh, it was okay. I think that it's, it's really going to be like, yeah. nope. Or, oh, I really enjoyed this. I noped the fuck out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I really enjoyed it. See, there you go. That's in this room. There's, you know, John and Brian really, really liked I was, it. I was in the middle. I, I mean, it was good. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you're not in the room. Stop ruining, oh. stop ruining my thing. <laughs> His truism has to you're stay true. You're in the room in my, in my heart, though. You're in the room, Joe, so... Yeah. Uh, Joe's thanks. always in the room. There's if this I big had a phallic silver microphone, and I just look at that and I go, oh, Joe. But it's okay, JP, because I built my whole belief system around that truism. Oh, really? Things will either happen or they won't. Or they won't. Oh, well, that's it. It's definitely very true. 
Wow. That's very zen. That's profound as fuck. Fifty-fifty chance. Anybody have any final thoughts to add to the fuse art story? Anything before we wrap up? Uh, just one little thing. You had talked about how the characters were not sexualized. I also kind of like the fact that they they touch on it, but they don't really play up the whole thing of Clem's an old woman. They right. they just kind of. You know, it's like, okay, we're here, that's here, we're done with it, after like two panels. And you also don't really have to deal with the fact that, you know, racism, even though they've shown through the story that, like, there were riots and there was a serious problem years ago. Yeah, but it's not as bad, but it's one of those things where it's like, I remember, what is it, episode 63, where Pinku was talking about... How does he do that? (laughs) I listened to a lot of episodes. She was talking about how sometimes people will just, you know, smack you over the face with the fact that this character's a black scientist or this character's a woman. Like, it's a really, uh, that was, really, that was really Boston awesome Metaphysical quote. Society, wasn't it? Yeah. It's one of my favorite sound bites. I took the riots in this to be more class-based no, than were, race. Yeah, they were yeah. yeah. specifically said race. That's really? kind of what I got okay. to. I missed it then. But, but actually, going back to the non-sexualization thing, uh, one quote from the back matter that really got me at some point uh johnson said when asked about why he keeps writing really writing female lead characters he said so that eventually you don't ask anymore that's good yeah or something along those lines i forget which issues it's in but i think i heard a very very similar quote from joss whedon about why he why joss whedon has such strong characters and he yeah. says because you're still asking that question exactly yeah, it's it's good. It's it's not. I mean, that's you know, that's what comics are so great about. Comics do things that are you know arguably outside of the norm of your sort of you know readily available media. You, know, you mm-hmm. come to comic books and you can much more successfully get exactly what you're looking for. And there's a much more wide variety and range. So I mean, I don't think that you'd see a character like Clem in a lot of sort of TV drama type stuff. Thank you know, goodness. she's not. <laughs> Oh, Marcus. <laughs> oh, Skeletor! <laughs> hey, she'd work just fine in a CSI or NCIS type show. Yeah, like in a body bag like or should... something like that? Like, yeah, that'd be, that would be Skeletor perfect for her. Enhance! Enhance! Speaking of Skeletor, have you seen Renee Zellweger lately? No. Oh, the, the new... That's unfortunate. Does she look like oh, wow. Skeletor? She doesn't look like herself. I'll no. Have to yeah. Google it. That's weird. It, it's become like this whole, like the internet blew up over that yesterday. Yeah. <sighs> Well, I think that that's about it for this episode of the Geek Life Podcast. Well, recommendations if you did like it. Other works from Anthony Johnston include Umbral, also coming out for Image, which is a fantasy book. And I really recommend Justin Greenwood's Resurrection series that came out from Oni. Um, really good stuff. It's basically what happens to the world after an alien invasion and the aliens leave. That sounds really interesting, actually. Yeah. So like the aliens got what they wanted and then left. Yeah. And so it's just scorched earth, scorched earth and the people that are left behind dealing with it. Wow. It was written by Mark Guggenheim, who's now, I believe, the writer on the Flash TV series. And what is it called again? Resurrection. Resurrection. Interesting. Well, I think that's about it for this episode of the Geek Life Podcast. 100. 100. So excited. Thank you guys for coming and being on the show. Honored to be here, my friend. Absolutely. I'm so glad that I'm able to get uh, get the gang going. All right, all my friends. Well, thank you for listening to the Geek Life Podcast. We always love to hear from our listeners. Please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights. Anyone interested in becoming a pandamanga contributor can visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there we also have a form you can fill out on our podcast page at podcast.pandamanga.com and it's nice and easy it's on the sidebar there just scroll down a little bit on your right side just fill that thing out and hit send you can send us a little information some suggestions and ideas if you'd like to work with us if you'd like to write blogs if you'd like to suggest a comic for us to read if you'd like to suggest your comic to read anything like that hook us up let us know send us some info music has been provided by airplus recordings as always links to the artists and songs featured on this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com if you'd like more information about airplus recordings visit airplusrecordings.com you want to take us out joe this is joe thanks for listening for 100 episodes. 
or 99 if you listen to our recommendations. <laughs> we'll see you next time. I got 99 episodes, but a uh, tech demo only one. Exactly. <laughs> Go read some comics. Yeah.